0: part three chapter five sections four through six of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter six a wanderer section four i may mention that anna prohorovna knew nothing of the resolutions that had been taken at the meeting the day before on returning home overwhelmed and exhausted virginsky had not ventured to tell her of the decision that had been taken yet he could not refrain from telling her half that is all that verhovensky had told them of the certainty of shatov's intention to betray them but he added at the same time that he did not quite believe it arina prohorovna was terribly alarmed this was why she decided at once to go when shatov came to fetch her though she was tired out as she had been hard at work at a confinement all the night before she had always been convinced that a wretched creature like shatov was capable of any political baseness but the arrival of marya Ignatyevna put things in a different light shatov's alarm the despairing tone of his entreaties the way he begged for help clearly showed a complete change of feeling in the traitor a man who was ready to betray himself merely for the sake of ruining others would she thought have had a different air and tone in short arina prohorovna resolved to look into the matter for herself with her own eyes virginsky was very glad of her decision he felt as though a hundredweight had been lifted off him he even began to feel hopeful shatov's appearance seemed to him utterly incompatible with verhovensky's supposition shatov was not mistaken on getting home he found arina prohorovna already with marie she had just arrived had contemptuously dismissed kirillov whom she found hanging about the foot of the stairs had hastily introduced herself to marie who had not recognized her as her former acquaintance found her in a very bad way that is ill-tempered irritable and in a state of cowardly despair and within five minutes had completely silenced all her protests why do you keep on that you don't want an expensive midwife she was saying at the moment when shatov came in that's perfect nonsense it's a false idea arising from the abnormality of your condition in the hands of some ordinary old woman some peasant midwife you'd have fifty chances of going wrong and then you'd have more bother and expense than with a regular midwife how do you know i am an expensive midwife you can pay afterwards i won't charge you much and i answer for my success you won't die in my hands i've seen worse cases than yours and i can send the baby to a foundling asylum to-morrow if you like and then to be brought up in the country and that's all it will mean and meantime you'll go strong again take up some rational work and in a very short time you'll repay shatov for sheltering you and for the expense which will not be so great it's not that i've no right to be a burden rational feelings and worthy of a citizen but you can take my word for it shatov will spend scarcely anything if he is willing to become ever so little a man of sound ideas instead of the fantastic person he is he has only not to do anything stupid not to raise an alarm not to run about the town with his tongue out if we don't restrain him he will be knocking up all the doctors of the town before the morning he waked all the dogs in my street there's no need of doctors i've said already i'll answer for everything you can hire an old woman if you like to wait on you that won't cost much though he too can do something besides the silly things he's been doing he's got hands and feet he can run to the chemist's without offending your feelings by being too benevolent as though it were a case of benevolence hasn't he brought you into this position didn't he make you break with the family in which you are governess with the egoistic object of marrying you we heard of it you know though he did run for me like one possessed and yell so all the street could hear i won't force myself upon anyone and have come only for your sake on the principle that all of us are bound to hold together and i told him so before i left the house if you think i am in the way good-bye i only hope you won't have trouble which might so easily be averted and she positively got up from the chair marie was so helpless in such pain and the truth must be confessed so frightened of what was before her that she dared not let her go but this woman was suddenly hateful to her what she said was not what she wanted there was something quite different in marie's soul yet the prediction that she might possibly die in the hands of an inexperienced peasant woman overcame her aversion but she made up for it by being more exacting and more ruthless than ever with shatov she ended by forbidding him not only to look at her but even to stand facing her her pains became more violent her curses her abuse became more and more frantic oh well, send him away arina prohorovna rapped out i don't know what he looks like he is simply frightening you he is as white as a corpse what is it to you tell me please you absurd fellow what a farce shatov made no reply he made up his mind to say nothing i've seen many a foolish father half crazy in such cases but they at any rate be quiet or leave me to die don't say another word i won't have it i won't have it screamed marie it's impossible not to say another word if you are not out of your mind as i think you are in your condition we must talk of what we want anyway tell me have you everything ready you answer shatov she is incapable tell me what's needed that means you've nothing ready she reckoned up all that was quite necessary and one must do her the justice to say she only asked for what was absolutely indispensable the barest necessaries Some things shatov had marie took out her key and held it out to him for him to look in her bag as his hands shook he was longer than he should have been opening the unfamiliar lock but when arina prohorovna rushed up to take the key from him she would not allow her on any account to look into her bag and with peevish cries and tears insisted that no one should open the bag but shatov some things he had to fetch from kirillov's no sooner had shatov turned to go for them than she began frantically calling him back and was only quieted when shatov had run impetuously back from the stairs and explained that he should only be gone a minute to fetch something indispensable and would be back at once well my lady it's hard to please you laughed arina prohorovna one minute he must stand with his face to the wall and not dare to look at you and the next he mustn't be gone for a minute or you begin crying he may begin to imagine something come come don't be silly don't blubber i was laughing you know he won't dare to imagine anything tut tut if he didn't love you like a sheep he wouldn't run about the streets with his tongue out and wouldn't have roused all the dogs in the town he broke my window frame Section five. he found kirillov still pacing up and down his room so preoccupied that he had forgotten the arrival of shatov's wife and heard what he said without understanding him oh yes he recollected suddenly as though tearing himself with an effort and only for an instant from some absorbing idea yes an old woman a wife or an old woman stay a minute a wife and an old woman is that it i remember i've been the old woman will come only just not now take the pillow is there anything else yes Ah, uh, s- stay do you have moments of the eternal harmony Shatov? you know kirillov you mustn't go on staying up every night kirillov came out of his reverie and strange to say spoke far more coherently than he usually did it was clear that he had formulated it long ago and perhaps written it down there are seconds they come five or six at a time when you suddenly feel the presence of the eternal harmony perfectly attained it's something not earthly i don't mean in the sense that it's heavenly but in that sense that man cannot endure it in his earthly aspect he must be physically changed or die this feeling is clear and unmistakable it's as though you apprehend all nature and suddenly say yes that's right god when he created the world said at the end of each day of creation yes it's right it's good It it's not being deeply moved but simply joy you don't forgive anything because there is no more need of forgiveness it's not that you love oh there's something in it higher than love what's most awful is that it's terribly clear and such joy if it lasted more than five seconds the soul could not endure it and must perish in those five seconds i'd live through a lifetime and i'd give my whole life for them because they are worth it to endure ten seconds one must be physically changed i think man ought to give up having children what's the use of children what's the use of evolution when the goal has been attained in the gospel it is written that there will be no child-bearing in the resurrection but that men will be like the angels of the lord that's a hint is your wife bearing a child kirillov does this often happen once in three days or once a week don't you have fits perhaps no well you will be careful kirillov i've heard that's just how fits begin an epileptic described exactly that sensation before a fit word for word as you've done he mentioned five seconds too and said that more could not be endured remember mahomet's pitcher from which no drop of water was spilt while he circled paradise on his horse that was a case of five seconds too that's too much like your eternal harmony and mahomet was an epileptic be careful kirillov it's epilepsy it won't have time kirillov smiled gently section six the night was passing shatov was sent hither and thither abused called back marie was reduced to the most abject terror for life she screamed that she wanted to live that she must she must and was afraid to die i don't want to i don't want to she repeated if arina prohorovna had not been there things would have gone very badly by degrees she gained complete control of the patient who began to obey every word every order from her like a child arina prohorovna ruled by sternness not by kindness but she was first-rate at her work it began to get light arina prohorovna suddenly imagined that shatov had just run out onto the stairs to say his prayers and began laughing marie laughed too spitefully malignantly as though such laughter relieved her at last they drove shatov away altogether a damp cold morning dawned he pressed his face to the wall in the corner just as he had done the evening before when erkel came he was trembling like a leaf afraid to think but his mind caught at every thought as it does in dreams he was continually being carried away by daydreams which snapped off short like a rotten thread from the room came no longer groans but awful animal cries unendurable incredible he tried to stop up his ears but could not and he fell on his knees repeating unconsciously marie marie then suddenly he heard a cry a new cry which made shatov start and jump up from his knees the cry of a baby a weak discordant cry he crossed himself and rushed into the room arina prohorovna held in her hands a little red wrinkled creature screaming and moving its little arms and legs fearfully helpless and looking as though it could be blown away by a puff of wind but screaming and seeming to assert its full right to live marie was lying as though insensible but a minute later she opened her eyes and bent a strange strange look on shatov it was something quite new that look what it meant exactly he was not able to understand yet but he had never known such a look on her face before is it a boy is it a boy she asked arina prohorovna in an exhausted voice it is a boy the latter shouted in reply as she bound up the child when she had bound him up and was about to lay him across the bed between the two pillows she gave him to shatov for a minute to hold marie signed to him on the sly as though afraid of arina prohorovna he understood at once and brought the baby to show her how pretty he is she whispered weakly with a smile foo what does he look like arina prohorovna laughed gaily in triumph glancing at shatov's face what a funny face you may be merry arina prohorovna it's a great joy shatov faltered with an expression of idiotic bliss radiant at the phrase marie had uttered about the child where does the great joy come in said arina prohorovna good-humouredly bustling about clearing up and working like a convict the mysterious coming of a new creature a great and inexplicable mystery and what a pity it is arina prohorovna that you don't understand it shatov spoke in an incoherent stupefied and ecstatic way something seemed to be tottering in his head and welling up from his soul apart from his own will there were two and now there's a third human being a new spirit finished and complete unlike the handiwork of man a new thought and a new love is positively frightening and there's nothing grander in the world Ach, what nonsense he talks it's simply a further development of the organism and there's nothing else in it no mystery said arina prohorovna with genuine and good-humoured laughter if you talk like that every fly is a mystery but i tell you what superfluous people ought not to be born we must first remould everything so that they won't be superfluous and then bring them into the world as it is we shall have to take him to the foundling the day after to-morrow though that's as it should be i will never let him go to the foundling shatov pronounced resolutely staring at the floor you adopt him as your son he is my son of course he is a shatov legally he is a shatov and there's no need for you to pose as a humanitarian men can't get on without fine words they're there it's all right but look here my friend she added having finished clearing up at last it's time for me to go i'll come again this morning and again in the evening if necessary but now since everything has gone off so well i must run off to my other patients they've been expecting me long ago i believe you got an old woman somewhere shot-off an old woman is all very well but don't you her tender husband desert her sit beside her you may be of use marya ignatyeva won't drive you away i fancy there there i was only laughing at the gate to which shatov accompanied her she added to him alone you've given me something to laugh at for the rest of my life i shan't charge you anything i shall laugh at you in my sleep i have never seen anything funnier than you last night she went off very well satisfied shatov's appearance and conversation made it as clear as daylight that this man was going in for being a father and was a ninny she ran home on purpose to tell virginsky about it though it was shorter and more direct to go to another patient marie she told you not to go to sleep for a little time though i see it's very hard for you shatov began timidly i'll sit here by the window and take care of you shall i and he sat down by the window behind the sofa so that she could not see him but before a minute had passed she called him and fretfully asked him to arrange the pillow he began arranging it she looked angrily at the wall that's not right that's not right what hands shatov did it again stoop down to me she said wildly trying hard not to look at him he started but stooped down more not so nearer and suddenly her left arm was impulsively thrown round his neck and he felt her warm moist kiss on his forehead marie her lips were quivering she was struggling with herself but suddenly she raised herself and said with flashing eyes Nikolai stavrogin is a scoundrel and she fell back helplessly with her face in the pillow sobbing hysterically and tightly squeezing shatov's hand in hers from that moment she would not let him leave her she insisted on his sitting by her pillow she could not talk much but she kept gazing at him and smiling blissfully she seemed suddenly to have become a silly girl everything seemed transformed shatov cried like a boy then talked of god knows what wildly crazily with inspiration kissed her hands she listened in trance, perhaps not understanding him but caressingly ruffling his hair with her weak hand smoothing it and admiring it he talked about kirillov of how they would now begin a new life for good of the existence of god of the goodness of all men she took out the child again to gaze at it rapturously marie he cried as he held the child in his arms all the old madness shame and deadness is over isn't it let us work hard and begin a new life the three of us yes yes oh by the way what shall we call him marie what shall we call him she repeated with surprise and there was a sudden look of terrible grief in her face she clasped her hands looked reproachfully at shatov and hid her face in the pillow marie what is it he cried with painful alarm how could you how could you oh you ungrateful man marie forgive me marie i only asked you what his name should be i don't know ivan ivan she raised her flushed and tear-stained face how could you suppose we should call him by another horrible name marie calm yourself oh what a nervous state you are in that's rude again putting it down to my nerves i bet that if i'd said his name was to be that other horrible name you'd have agreed at once and not have noticed it even oh men the mean ungrateful creatures they are all alike a minute later of course they were reconciled shatov persuaded her to have a nap she fell asleep but still kept his hand in hers she waked up frequently looked at him as though afraid he would go away and dropped asleep again kirillov sent an old woman to congratulate them as well as some hot tea some freshly cooked cutlets and some broth and white bread for marya the patient sipped the broth greedily the old woman undid the baby's wrappings and swaddled it afresh marie made shatov have a cutlet too time was passing shatov exhausted fell asleep himself in his chair with his head on marie's pillow so they were found by arina prohorovna who kept her word she waked them up gaily asked marie some necessary questions examined the baby and again forbade shatov to leave her then jesting at the happy couple with a shade of contempt and superciliousness she went away as well satisfied as before it was quite dark when shatov waked up he made haste to light the candle and ran for the old woman but he had hardly begun to go down the stairs when he was struck by the sound of the soft deliberate steps of someone coming up towards him erkel came in don't come in whispered shatov and impulsively seizing him by the hand he drew him back towards the gate wait here i'll come directly i'd completely forgotten you completely oh how you brought it back he was in such haste that he did not even run into kirillov's but only called the old woman marie was in despair and indignation that he could dream of leaving her alone but he cried ecstatically this is the very last step and then for a new life and will never never think of the old horrors again he somehow appeased her and promised to be back at nine o'clock he kissed her warmly kissed the baby and ran down quickly to erkel they set off together to stavrogin's park at skvoreshniki where in a secluded place at the very edge of the park where it adjoined the pine wood he had eighteen months before buried the printing-press which had been entrusted to him it was a wild and deserted place quite hidden and at some distance from the stavrogin's house it was two or perhaps three miles from Filippov's house are we going to walk all the way i'll take a cab i particularly beg you not to replied Erkel. They insisted on that a cabman would be a witness. Well, bother, I don't care only to make an end of it. They walked very fast, Erkel, you little boy cried shatov, have you ever been happy? You seem to be very happy just now observed Erkel with curiosity. End of part three, chapter five recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.